0: Today is Ascension Sunday. Ascension is a hard word to say, but it's an even sometimes harder concept to even understand. Ascension is a major festival in the church, yet is often overlooked. Because it falls in Easter tide season. The season of Easter. It's 40 days after Easter and 10 days before Pentecost. And it usually falls right in the middle of the week. A lot of times churches will bypass it. Or they might have a little acknowledgement of it. Or sometimes forget about it altogether. But ascension is so important because not only did God himself. The word became flesh and came and dwelt with us. but That word the word that created the heavens and the earth, God himself returned home. He was set free from the quarantine and the restrictions of earthly life. And not only that, not as He some place up in the sky, but he is there overlooking, watching over us, reigning from on high, seeing everything that is going on in all of his kingdom. And he is there for us. God who understands us is also watching over us. We sing a song, a hymn, crown him with many crowns because he is the champion, the victorious one. He is God who reigns over heaven and earth. And today we have two Bible readings that take a look at that. And we're going to walk through them. The first one's from Luke chapter 24. The second one is from Acts chapter 1. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 24. Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, And the Psalms. In other words, that's the whole Old Testament in its entirety. Pretty much everything that is contained that we call the Old Testament is also known as the Law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in what we know as the Old Testament. Then he opened their minds. So they could understand the scriptures. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine having your minds opened up so you could understand all of the scriptures? All of the word of God? It sounds so mind-boggling and overwhelming to be able to understand. And I can tell you, I don't understand all of the scriptures, especially all of the time. I'm pretty much just focused on the important things. That I'm a sinner That God loves me, that he came to die for me and save me through the outpouring of his love and his blood. And to rise again to give me the promise of life eternal, but life here on earth as well. To have our minds open to all of the scriptures. What a beautiful thought. Verse 46, Jesus told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay, wait in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. That's our first reading. And just a couple thoughts on that first reading that we just read the one is that we are witnesses. The idea of witness in the Old Testament, or especially in Greek, is marturion, And it's the idea of where we get martyr from because the disciples who had seen Jesus with their own eyes passed on the message of God's salvation to others. And these others in, in succeeding generations did not see Jesus with their own eyes, but still they believed. And many of them died for their faith, and they became martyrs. They were witnesses who died for their faith because they knew how important it was to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I think about us. How many of us would die for our faith? Right now we're staying home, we're quarantining ourselves, we're sheltering in place so that we can save the lives of others and not infect them with a deathly infection. However, What would happen if we twisted that around? And when we come out of this corona wave, we say, I'm going to live my life as a witness for God, as a martyr for God, so that people die to sin, but come alive in Christ. That's what we're called to do as witnesses, as martyrs, as followers of Christ. To be his witnesses, not on our own power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. God himself flowing through us in our actions, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, in our communities. We're called to be his witnesses, his martyrs, his followers, his life givers. There was another thought that crossed my mind, and it deals with the idea of God's perfect grace-filled forgiveness. In verse 51, it says, while he was blessing them, he left them. Actually, I'm going to start the verse right before that. Verse 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. You know, I thought about that as I've been preparing this message that this idea of lifting up our hands, and you know that at the end of the service, I give you, you a blessing, I lift up my hands. But more importantly, Luke gives us this picture, this illustration of God Himself lifting up His hands, and it can only remind you and me. Of what God did when he lifted up his hands. He lifted up his hands and had them nailed to a cross. Bound to a cross so that his blood could be shed for our forgiveness. And that grace poured over us. And because of God's grace, we who are sinners can live a fully righteous life. Because of what God has done for us. God is a God of grace He looks and he says, I know what you need most. I know what you need, Peter, who betrayed me. I know what you need, Thomas, who doubt me. I know what you need, people of Salem. You need my grace. You need my forgiveness. You have my love. You have it all. Let me bless you. And then while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, staying continually at the temple, praising God. What was their reaction after Jesus left them? God is enveloped, and we'll find this out in Acts chapter 1, that God was enveloped by a cloud and he was gone. We'll take a look at that in just a moment. What do you think their reaction would be? Would they be down in the dumps? Would they be cranky or curmudgeon? Dejected? Angry? I think a lot of times when we have a loss of something, we can have those feelings. That's part of human nature. But God says, I'm going to be with you always. And even now, during this time of isolation, even now when we might not be able to be connected with everyone, there's still something that we can do each and every day, each and every hour, each and every moment of our life, and that's worship God with great joy. I think sometimes we can get a little stir-crazy in our homes. We can feel like our temple of our house is closing in, and we get upset. We get impatient. And yet, God says, I am with you. Even though your family might be driving you crazy. Even though your neighbors might be making you insane. Even though the people that you look to for answers might not be providing everything that you want. We still worship God. And I'm not saying that we have to go through a full-on corporate worship. It's a matter of just being in a relationship with God and knowing that God and his Holy Spirit is flowing through us and with us and holding on to us. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago? God holding our hand, clinging to us through the midst of these turbulent times. God is with us. And because of that, we can worship God, we can praise God, we can be filled with gratitude, we can shout, Alleluia! Christ is risen and ascended. God is with us. Those are a couple thoughts that came to mind as I was reading through Luke chapter 24. And now as we take a look at Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 11, it's written by the same author, the gospel writer, Luke. And so we start at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Luke says, I began. I wrote about all the things Jesus began to do. I love how Luke writes that. Because it's not ended. The story isn't finished. There's no the end. There's no finis. God began to do something, but he's passed it on to us. He's passed it on for us to be able to carry out his life-giving, life-saving witness to those around us. His ministry, his mission that he's given to us and for us. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God promises us his gift. His gift of strength and endurance and encouragement and the miracle of his Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We, as followers of Christ, know that when we are baptized, the Holy Spirit enters in. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit enters in. When we go about our daily lives, the Holy Spirit, God himself, is with us. For that, we are so thankful. Because we're not doing it on our own. God is with us. In the middle of the night... When our worries wake us up. In the morning dawn, when we start our day. And at night when we pray ourselves to sleep. God is with us. In the big things and the little things of life. Verse 6. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel or to Israel? They wanted a, a military leader. A governmental leader I know we talk a lot about witnesses, and I mentioned that earlier when we were reading Luke chapter 24. But there was one thing that caught my eye that kind of stuck out to me this time. And it was, which one is it? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And that struck me this time because Luke is writing this to the Apostles, and to the followers of Christ, and to us today. He's giving us a historical account of the biblical times of Jesus. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That one kind of triggered at the back of my mind and kept flagging back there. Holy Spirit, Luke, writing here in Acts. And I thought to myself as I was praying about this, where else does Luke mention the Holy Spirit coming upon someone and transforming and changing the course of history? Well, I'm going to step back for a moment so that you can see the full outline of my stole. And I'm wearing this robe because it is a high holy festival of ascension. But here, on this stole that I have here, on me is a stole that I don't normally wear at Easter time I have other stoles for that this one and just to give you a heads up there David this one I actually wear during the time of Christmas we have the star over Bethlehem and the chi and ro the first two letters in Greek for Jesus Christ for Christ Chi and roll, which we normally see as Xmas. Well, I love to write the Chi and the roll in in chi All right, that's just bad language right there. But Christmas, because of Christ. But if you saw my stole, it reminded me that the Holy Spirit came at a time and said, "You." Are blessed and the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and the birth of Christ the Messiah God himself the word becomes flesh changes the world and so Luke the beginning of Luke we read the Christmas stories and here at the beginning of Acts we read the birth of the Christian church we see how the Holy Spirit Dwells in us and flows through us and empowers us to be his witnesses, his martyrs. To be able to kill the stain of death and infect people with the gift of life through his power. Luke starts with the story of Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary. And the birth of Christ came about. And our lives were changed and transformed because of what Christ did for us. And now here in Acts, we have a whole nother birth. The birth of the early church, the birth of the church today, the birth of the church of tomorrow and our future until we reach heaven together. And our role, our witness, our purpose is to change the world, one life, one person at a time. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is dwelling with us, always. Which is why you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and Orange, and Orange County, and Southern California, and the United States of America, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. Think back. Where else do clouds come in? And why a cloud enveloping Jesus? Well, if you know your Old Testament history, you know that God's presence led the children of Israel away from Egypt to the promised land. A cloud led them and it signified God's presence. And when a cloud hovered and came over the tabernacle, it was God's presence there. It was a significant Significant picture, reminder that God was truly present. And then at the transfiguration, where the cloud envelops Jesus, and the disciples see him talking with Elijah, God's presence is there. And it reminds us that Jesus Christ isn't just some guy, some prophet some teacher he is God himself who has gone to heaven but sent himself through the Holy Spirit to empower us and to keep us moving forward. Well, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Brothers and sisters, it's great joy that we can celebrate God himself returning to his heavenly throne as king, as steward, as righteous ruler over all of creation and our own hearts. We know that God cares for us. In everything under his control, we are under his control. And for that, we give great thanks. But we don't stop there and just stand there and look at where Jesus was. There's a painting where one of the painters painted the ascension of Jesus. And you can see that some of the disciples are looking up in the sky. But down below, there's still the imprint of Jesus' feet in the dirt. And that idea of Jesus has ascended to heaven, but we are still here on this earth carrying out his mission of justice and kindness and grace and mercy to be able to forgive those who have wronged us, to be able to care for those who are less fortunate, to be able to be good stewards and shepherds here on this earth, in our homes and in our lives. We are His witnesses, His martyrs who die to Christ, but live in Christ as well. And so, brothers and sisters, on this Ascension Sunday, may God bless you as you know that the King of all eternity cares for you, forgives you, and loves you always and forever. Amen.